When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening and welcome back to the Big Strong Leicester Boys podcast. There's only two of us here thus far. Uh, Jake's still on his extended break. Jordan's a bit late, but I'm delighted to say I am welcome, uh, joined even by uh, Mr. Beans and Little Sausages himself, Rick Flair. How are you, mate? I'm all right, mate. I will never let you down, Jack. You know that I will always be here, uh, even yeah, though this- I did nod nod off about half an hour ago. I was doing uh, bedtime with Oscar and, uh, yeah, nodded off. So I could have nearly missed one, but no, still is that, 100%. Is that your storytelling ability? Just put yourself to sleep? That... Yeah, I was reading Wind in the Willows, which is oh, yeah. a hard, hard story to read, mate, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Wind in the Willows with Mr. Toad? Y- yeah, Mr. Toad. Yeah. Um, yeah. From Mr. Toad. Let's start with him. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it don't flow well, if I'm honest. And uh, yeah, woke up with the book um, on the floor. Oscar was asleep snoring. So yeah, that went down well. So um, yeah, I'm all right, mate. Um, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I've realised I've just spilt... Uh, I, I've had a, a, a sort of a kebab and I've, I've just spilt chilli sauce all over me. All over my desk. Um, oh, uh, but yeah, no, I'm yeah, good, mate. I'm good. I'm good. good. Uh, had a good day, Saturday. Enjoyed the game. Um, it's always good when you win late on at home. Saturday, three o'clock kickoffs where you win yeah. late on are always, always good. Um, yeah, really, I really enjoyed that. Obviously, international break, which for you and I means that we're pretty bored. I've had plenty to do around mm. the house. So, uh, so yeah, and uh, and and lots of prep for the quiz. So we're in, we're in good shape for that, um, which yes, is pleasing. Um, but yeah, we've got we've got a lot a lot to talk about tonight. Um, we have. Be, it yeah. won't be just you and I. Jordan will turn up eventually, and then we've got a guest to come on yeah. as well, which I'm I'm quite excited about. Um, so uh, so yeah, I we should probably start with the Watford game. Just just so I check what we've got to talk through. I want to talk about atmosphere on yep. Saturday. I want to talk about the TIFO. Yep. Um, yep. We're going to play Who Are You? Uh, we're going to talk about Everton's points deduction because we've not yep. done that yet. Um, yep. And then we're going to talk about pies and other <laughs> such things being thrown at people because there's someone stopped me on the... I, I got the bus in from Harborough on... Uh, yeah on Saturday and I, I got stopped by uh, a lad and his mate 
it's called Amish. Uh, and uh, he was telling me his dad had a pie thrown at, thrown at him uh, at the game once. And uh, right, isn't it? It's happened a lot. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And and the, the the other lad I was with knew knows. Uh, I'm allowed to name the bloke that got hit by the by the pie. It's not. Yeah, because I've tweeted, I've sent yeah, a he, message to yeah, Lee Eckersley. He knows Lee, Lee Eckersley, so he, he did confirm your, your story. So, so yeah. yeah, we've got we've got a lot to talk about there too. So, um, so yeah, should we start with the Watford game? Let's do it, mate. Um, I mean, I've got a confession to make. Obviously, I was in London this weekend, um, so you've seen the old caboodle. I've seen the extended highlights. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm, you know I'm very I'm much. Too, Two people said to me on Saturday they were giving me stick about you lot only watch the extended highlights. So, uh, so yeah, you, you, you're not doing us any good there, Rick. But no, well, I I usually watch as uh, there's probably only a handful of games I've not seen as what. Well, although we have only played seventeen, but uh, yeah, no, I usually do. But I was I was actually away this weekend, so I was trying to keep up with smoke. it in the big smoke. Well, I saw Jake at High Rocks. Um, yeah. So I've, and he I've seen him it. and he, he weren't doing it, no. He was no. just watching and then he was uh, tootling off to clean his flat because he uh, he got guests coming. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, um, yeah, well, I mean, you, you say your bit. You can ask me what I think. But, yeah, I'm very much wanting your view because I've, I've read a lot about what's happened. And on the face of it, it sounds like back to business created a lot of chances which has been my biggest criticism so i'm i can't complain after what i look on paper what we've done yeah and people are complaining um mm. but yeah i think what i would say first 40 minutes was was a bit pedestrian watford had a good chance early on i mean their striker by the way one of the worst strikers i've ever seen at this level and there's some bad strikers at this level. He's he's he got a hat trick as well before Did the he? game before Did the he? yeah the Fuck. game of the international break. He got a hat trick. He got a hat trick. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He won five nil, didn't he? Um, yeah, no, not very good. But we, we had good control in the game. I thought I thought it looked like we missed Winks early on. Um, didn't really create a huge amount. Ian actually had a decent chance, but sort of fluffed it. Um, Justin took a quick free kick, probably one of the better chances as well. Uh, Jewsby Hall, who I thought had a good game sort of from start to finish, actually, um, put a decent ball over. But then I think sort of we sort of woke up five minutes before and there was sort of an extended period of pressure. Casey, you know, again, gets didn't have a particularly great game, but he gets in really good positions. Uh, yeah, he does. Um, I still, I think there's a, there's a striker in wait in there. Um, yeah. which I don't like playing players in positions they've never played in, but he just seems to have that knack about him. Mm. Um, uh, decent header, unlucky, obviously. I mean, people that have seen the game, this isn't great analysis, is it? Um, but then <laughs> second half, I thought we were much, much better. I thought actually just after we bought Fatou on, I mean, he's ridiculous, Fatou, in that I think he's got one goal, one assist yeah. in however many games played for us. But he's had such a big impact, mm. and he's one of I think he's one of our best players. Um, so so yeah, I, I can't really work him out. I thought Mavadidi was very good, actually. One of his, one is unlucky not to score. Actually, caught the ball decently for yeah. once, um, and did a lovely nutmeg and turned his back on it and 
we did a one-two with Dewsbury Hall, lost it and turned his back on it. If he sort of kept on it, he would have scored. So, yeah. so yeah, I thought the second half, I thought was one of our, one of the best performances I've seen from us this season. You did think at one stage it just wasn't going to happen. I mean, Vardy misses two really good chances and you just think it's, you know, it's not his day. And then he punches himself in the face and, you know, big, big Yannick has become big Yannick, you know, like the, mm. you know, jumping and becoming smaller. He seems yeah. to be becoming bigger now. He, he almost got a really good header just before the header for the goal. Yeah. And then, you know, decent contact with the one Vard. He's actually, it's an underrated finish actually as well, because he has to keep it down and running towards it. And, um, and yeah, their goalkeeper's an absolute prat because he claimed he had cramp on 60 minutes um, on the coldest day of the year. Um, but suddenly when we scored, he was absolutely fine again. He was running around like a spring chicken. So I uh, wasn't sorry to see him him get sent off. But, um, but no, it's, it, I, had we not scored, it would have been one of those frustrating games. But I think, you know, you look back on the game, I think we had 24 shots or something. I think yeah. the most we've had this season. So... From that point of view, I think that's very good. And then you put into the context that, add in the context rather, that Watford are unbeaten in six and mm. most clean sheets in the league. Well, they're certainly... They up- are defensively very good, yeah. So Actually, I think I think that's credit to us, really. So, mm. um, so yeah, it, it, it was pleasing. But I think we've, we've got something like nine games in 33 days now or something. So, um, so yeah, It's going to be relentless, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, exactly that. We're going to have to rotate well. Um, it's funny because we rotated really well, you know, in between the, the first and second international break. Um, sorry, yeah, sorry, the first and the second one. But um, it, when you're winning games, it, it feels it seems so easy, doesn't it, to rotate and know what to do. And then just before this last international break, I feel like, Moreska didn't rotate that much that I thought he would do. Um, and we seemed like we were desperate for the international break. And yet, it, you know, the proximity between the two was only four games and um, or five games. So we've now got nine games relentless. There's no international break until March. We really are going to have to, um, to really manage the squad well. And then we're going to lose four plus players to AFCON. Um, it's, yeah... This is where it's going to get interesting. I think we should be the beneficiaries, really, because of the strength in depth. And at this moment in time, you know, I'm, I'm always first to, to sling shit about the injury record down at Seagrave. But the international break has afforded us to get two or three back and Doyle only being a few weeks away now as well. Let's hope that continues because um, we're going to need them all. Um, and... Yeah, uh, I mean, I, as I say, only saw the highlights, but it looked to me, second half, the intensity and tempo seemed a lot quicker. Um, And yeah, the the chance creation in the second, I think the XG for the second half alone was like north of two and a half or something, 2.5, which is... It wasn't very, I think it was like 0.35 in the first half, we ended up with three. Look at yeah, us, so XG it's, experts. Honestly. Well, what were the I've grown to, to love that's XG. What ever, that's what everyone wants to know. What were the expectations? <laughs> oh, I'm going to hold my hands up. I've not looked this week. I'll uh, have a little scrabble about later and look. But um, I don't even know yeah. where you can find expected assists. I had a look around yeah, the other week. Uh, you can find you, them. You, you can, can still, still find, find it. You can still find them. <laughs> Cuban heels. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think 
I, it looked to me like they were flooding the box with players as well. Moresk and Yeah, we checked. actually had players in the box, yeah. which was good. So they've yeah, been yeah. working on that, I think. that That's something you can see he's probably taken away at the international break and worked on. And that's what we need. You know, I'm sure we'll get on to whether this style of football is everyone's cup of tea or not. But whether it's mine or not, I it is what it is. I can see where you hurt teams in any style of football. And that is you've got to get players in the box or you've got to create space so that those running onto it have got a clear sight at goal. We were we were doing neither in the games leading up to the international break. So that's really promising. We've got some favourable games. We've still got some tricky ones. I think West Brom away, you know, they, they've done a Just right job on it. Ipswich. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and Corbran, as a manager, he's a canny manager. He, he'll often tweak his tactics to suit who the opposition is, as opposed to being very much this is how we play and we'll die playing that way that Maresca might be. Um, and Plymouth beat Sunderland this weekend. They won't be um, that easy um, either. So, yeah, we'll... Um, and, and great for Vardy to get to because, you know, those two chances he missed beforehand were quite uh, jaw-dropping, really. So, he's a streaky player, isn't he? Yeah, he is. This I could well, think. again, spark another run of goals. So, we need to get him whilst he's you know, inform and utilise that um, before it it wears off. Yeah, and I actually owe an apology to Jamie Vardy because I sent a WhatsApp uh, in our group <laughs> saying he's gone after he missed that left foot volley because it, it was a stinker. Yeah. Um, and then Jordan reminded me that you never write the goat off. And um, he's for once, he's absolutely right. So um, so I'll give him that. But, um, but yeah, like, just... It's just great to see him scoring goals. I know some Pratt wrote an article about, you know, playing Harry Souter up front, but, um, you know, for for me... That's it, what the international break does to us. That's why yeah. we, we... Yeah. And it yeah. nearly, mate, got some traction. Well, the, the interesting bit on that, and um, I, I hadn't hadn't thought of this, but the, the poll that you put up, or mm. Dave on the Foss Way put up, and if you haven't read the article, it's actually... You know, Ric Flair at his finest. It's on the Foss Way. It's still there. I would recommend everyone goes to read it uh, if you haven't. But um, I mean, the long and short of it was Harry Souter has a one in two ratio of scoring goals for Australia in international football. Therefore, we should probably play him up front. Um, I think I think it was sort of largely it, complete with your pretty you know, much. There's yeah. a little bit of nostalgia about defenders come strikers yeah. and um, you know. The, the, the modern game shouldn't be such, such snobs in uh, dismissing such football. Um, but, yeah. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> that. Um, but the, the interesting bit for me was Ian Acho was the preferred choice of people to start, which, you know, I, I, he, he played well for Nigeria again, but it's another game where he was pretty average on Saturday and it, it just we're so that that is one position that I have no idea who our best option is now because it, it might be Dak or it might be Cannon and you know it might be Suter. Mm. Well, probably, until you see it, goals now and if yeah. you look at minutes per goal ratio, ratio, it's one every 133 minutes. So he's still putting them away, but the performances aren't quite there. I mean, that said, 
after he scored the goal on Saturday, he looked a different player. And I mean, you know, the one where he's he's got the wrong side of the defender. It's a great header by Cassidy to set up the penalty. And yes, it was. The yeah, side of him. You know, that's just clever movement. Um, so yeah, that mm. that was really pleasing as well. So um, so yeah, I, I genuinely don't know who will play on Wednesday because he might he might play Cannon. I, um, we need Cannon needs a run out, whether that's from the start in his debut or whether he comes off the bench. I'd be more inclined to do Vardy and then Cannon with thirty to go or something. Um, mm. But you know, again, you got to you got to see whether Vardy's hitting a rich vein of form because he will. He'll just go on and and score and score and score. Even at this age, he, that he's always been a, a streaky player, but usually the streaks lasted a long time. Uh, Eleven games on the spin, um, etc. But um, yeah, I'm. I mean, I've stuck up for Ianacho so much, um, and I was one of those that really thought this level he would be too good, even with his deficiencies and his poor first touch. I've been really disappointed in him. I really have. I, I you know, I'm not covering new ground here, really. But he is wasteful in front of goal, and uh, he can finish. This there's something in his game at the minute. I, I I have to question his application because it can't be anything else. He gets more space yeah. at this level. Okay, the system doesn't necessarily support the strikers as, as others do, but you know he the chances he's missed this season. Um, yeah, I've not been impressed. So I didn't obviously see that much of what he did on Saturday, but. You know, I think he, I think he needs to take a back seat now and and let Vardy and Cannon. He didn't have a stinker, but he he also didn't he didn't do much. And then mm. the one one chance he did have, which was a really good chance, he just he messed up and he claimed his shirt got pulled. But I'm not really having that. Yeah. Um, so uh, so yeah. Um, couple of couple of bits I did want to talk about after the Watford game. Unbelievable tifo from Union FS. Yes, I think that is. I think that's my favourite that they've ever done. I just think that's so kind of centred around the city, and you know, well, clearly because the clock tower is in the centre of the city. But I just, <laughs> I love the fact that they talk up Leicester when everyone else yeah. talks it down um, as a, as a city, and you know the club don't really talk about the city that much. So it was, it was nice that they were allowed to do that. Cause I just, and it, it the display just looked brilliant in the way they did it. Was it was class. Yeah. And it's had, so it's been well received. So, I mean, I don't know, but I'm sure, um, I don't know like who else at the clubs perhaps acknowledged it, but from the fan base, I've seen so much, um, so much plaudits, et cetera, on Twitter, which is great. Um, and hopefully, you know, funding will, will fly in to, to help yeah, raise the other ones. We'll make sure we do uh, a link to their fundraiser because there's yeah. a lot of people doing that in their spare time and it obviously costs money, storage, warehousing materials, all that. So, you know, the fact that they put that on and uh, and do that. Well, the ability to do it, isn't I, it? I, I mean, have no idea how they do I mean, we'll have to get Charles no. to, yeah, to we see sure, you know, how they actually do it. I think there's... there's they, the video they've done is brilliant as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they've got really some like, good. old footage. I mean, God knows yeah. where they got that from. But um, I think it's in like a sports hall or something they're doing it. But yeah. I can't even comprehend sort of mapping it out. No, no. How you get that to work. Like my, my mind just won't work like that. I mean, someone's obviously 
very smart in how, how they do it. So um, I'd so, struggle yeah. to put the cards out in order. Do you know, with like the white and blue, I'd have them all over the place. It looked like a, I don't know, a snake as opposed to. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, I was I was really impressed, and they deserve the the plaudits because you know that there's a lot of time and effort in it, and you know it is authentic. It's easy to raise a few grand and buy it off the internet like a certain other club from the Midlands tend to do. Um, but yeah, no, really impressed. So well done to everyone involved. Yeah, good. Okay, we'll do a quick commercial break and then we'll come back and talk about something else. Yeah. Right. So one thing I did want to talk about, and actually I, I had a message on Saturday night from someone saying, can you please talk about this in the pod? In fact, I'll read the message out I had for them. <laughs> Please do me a favour on the next pod, pal. Please address that fucking awful, awful, not strong enough atmosphere, in, as in not, not strong enough language, atmosphere in the first half. I was honestly embarrassed by both sets of fans. I could hear the keeper giving instructions. I don't normally get too worked up about it today, but today I thought we were in mourning and no one told me. I know we were dog shit in the first half, but I've never known it be that silent. I didn't think we were that bad in the first half, but it was dead. And I did wonder because... I, you know, I've moved to this. I've uh, moved closer to the singing section now. I'm not in it, but I'm just to the side of it. But obviously, those boys weren't there because a lot of them were holding out the, yeah. the sign um, uh, at the start. And it was just, you know, compared to the Leeds game, whether it was a night game or whatever, the Leeds game there was actually something going on. Um, mm. But it's just dead. And I, I've actually been a bit sort of well, you know, it's not good anywhere in England, and it's not really there aren't many grounds that are sort of rocking from minute one to minute 90, but I don't, I think it's not even that now. It It is just, I don't know what people really want. And I know not everyone goes to, you know, sing from, you know, minute one to minute 90. And, you know, I, I'd probably, you know, I'd be hypocritical to say, cause I'm, I'm not like that, but I'll, I'll get involved when I, when I can. Um, but it's just crap and it just needs be better than that. And it's, you know, it's the, the singing section are giving it a right good go. And I can hear that. I mean, the Watford fans were probably some of the worst I've I've seen. They're always poor, I, I, yeah. I'm at the opposite end of the ground, but I, I did not hear one song. And that's the first mm. time this season I've I've not heard anything from, mm. from them. I mean, uh, who did we play last year? Newport or someone. And there were about 200 of them. I genuinely heard more out of them than however many came from Watford. So that that wasn't good. But I, I, I don't know what... I'm, I'm, I'm just ranting here. I'm not offering any solutions. Yeah. But it, it's crap. And I know, I know we had Jack of Potato Man who, who made the point last week. But it's just, you know, people... You go to football for a bit of atmosphere. Yeah. You know, the football's actually the bit that gets in the way. You, you go to catch up with your mates and listen to a bit of atmosphere, mm. don't you really? So... But it, it was just, it's so bad now. And we're, we're top of the league. So, you know, it's not, it's not because well, that's it. it's we're not doing well. It's not the performances, no. Yeah. You can't, I, I get I get what was being said last season about, well, and, you know, the thing is the managers and players will often go on record to say it's our responsibility to, to give the, the fans something to, to cheer about and then they'll get behind us. But, you know, we're breaking records and our atmosphere is poor. You know, what on earth is going to happen 
in order for it to get any better? I, I don't know. Because you can't even say, oh, well, we need to play counter-attacking football. It's because it's not. Because it's bullshit. That's, it's not. The, the, the loudest we ever get is when the ref's an arsehole. I, and I, then... I mean, it? we take the piss out of Everton for that as well. I mean, their display yeah. yesterday was amusing, to say the least. <laughs> um, but we'll talk about that a bit later. But that tends to be it now. That gets it does. Crowds, crowds going. I mean, and also on Saturday, you can't say... We had 28 shots. So mm. you can't say there wasn't stuff going on for us to get behind. And then... I, I don't know. I, I think they've got to take drastic measures. Like everyone has to wear like a, a collar. And if you don't see it, like if you're not singing, you get an electric shock. Um, <laughs> or, or they should do something like you get like bonus points. If you're singing and you get money off your season ticket, because people will love shit like that. But there, there's got to be something, you know, I don't think the club do enough to encourage it. Now they might say, well, you know, we, everyone's got the, to be respected for whether, um, they want to sing or not, but it's just, it's so boring, isn't it? You, you know, people moaning about the style of play. It's not. If the atmosphere was better, I think you'd you'd be more up for the football than vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's rubbish, but um, yeah. Anyway, I'm delighted to say we are welcomed by our very special guest. Good evening, Michael Regan. Hello. I can't be that special, surely. Well, Jordan's pulled out on us this evening, so oh, no. you you are you are now our third wheel. So you you are we are esteemed to be in your company. So thank you for joining us. That's, I'm excited about this one. I'm nervous about this one for some reason. I um, it's quite strange playing to your home crowd doing a podcast. <laughs> what why what would be an away crowd for you on a podcast? Are you doing? Well, like anything that's not Leicester, like, you, okay. well, you know, I've done a few bits and bobs in my time. Do you know what I mean? BBC yeah, Breakfast. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, doing, yeah, doing this particular podcast is a nerve wracking experience, boys. Would you rather do this podcast or Celebrity Big Brother? Well, how much are you paying me for this one? <laughs> Scotch no egg. Yeah, this. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take the Scotch egg. <laughs> Good. Good man. As well. Um, well, thanks for coming on. We, it's been a long time in the making, this one, but obviously you work a lot of Sundays. Uh, so we, yeah. we've not been able to get you on before that. But um, but yeah, really, really pleased to, to have you on. For those, for anyone that doesn't know you, um, and I'd be surprised if they don't, you, you, I was trying to figure out, trying to work out how to describe you, but you, you're a photographer for Getty Images, basically. It's football photographer. Is that your official football photographer for Getty Images? Mm. That's right. Well, yeah, football photographer. I work, I work for an official capacity for the Premier League, uh, the FA, FIFA, UEFA. Um, yeah, that's probably... So for anyone that's seen those photos of like Kante with the World Cup and things yeah. like that, that was you taking... Sometimes, like not as many as you know, not as many as I'd like would be mine. But yeah, like I, 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 I do pop up in in some decent locations. Fair enough. Uh, what's what's your favourite? What is your favourite photograph that you've ever taken? Out of oh, well, my favourite, yeah, like 
be no surprise to say that my favourite picture was as as Premier League photographers doing Leicester. We we get exclusive. We get an exclusive spot um, away from the other photographers to photograph the Premier League trophy presentation. So when Leicester won it, it was really the first year that I did it. I kind of said to the office, "Look, you're not. I'm going to be the official photographer on that one. Thanks very much." Uh, and then we kind of steamed in. Me and Neil Plum, who's the official club photographer, yeah, yeah. broke protocol a little bit and and just steamed in on wide angles when we lifted up the Premier League trophy. And um, that is my favourite picture by a by a long shot. And you do it pops up all over the place, and it is it, it's it's um, it's a, it's a probably not the best medium for the photography a podcast, but. <laughs> Whenever it pops up, it, it feels like it's not even my picture anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just part of that win, part of that special time, and um, so that's my favourite picture. Without, yeah. without shadow, amazing. But even if, like, even as a Leicester fan, that's my favourite picture. But even if you, if I wasn't a Leicester fan, then photographing that title win, no matter what, do you know what I mean? In the annals yeah, of, yeah. of history, that is that was a, it's an incredible thing. As, as we all know, I think visually our title celebrations as well was unbelievable. Like the the whole thing with Bocelli and um, you know the sort of aerial views, it was just stunning. And as as a club that had only got a couple of weeks to to sort of plan it, you know, we we're not used to having to um, put on celebrations. I thought we, it was ace. It was. Yeah, um, I mean, it was. Yeah, the the Botticelli thing and the and the and the flags and. Yeah, it, it 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 was, but it just looked more special because it was. Do you know what I mean? It just looked different, didn't it? Because it was mm. not in the same old stadiums and and not the same old thing. And that Botticelli thing was was brilliant. Fell out of the club mm. didn't he, when when we sat Ranieri. I don't think he's much of a fan of us anymore. But <laughs> um, let's hope he likes Maresca. I didn't. He say something. I'm sure he said something. He did. Yeah, I, did that he? rings a bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. sure he did. Yeah, yeah. hates Lester, that lad. Hates us. <laughs> Threw his shirt away. <laughs> Although it always irritated me he didn't have a number on it. I've, always, I've got a bit of a pet hate about people what, what, who just no, have... Did, did he just have his name on with no number? Yeah, he said his name on. Yeah, yeah that's, irritated that's, me. Yeah, it doesn't look right, does Chav. it? Chav. just looks like he, he probably couldn't afford the number. No. No, Yeah, so, they normally do that with, know. like, signing. You know when they'd sign, like, you'd sign players before you gave them a squad number or whatever that's the only time you'd ever see that wouldn't you yeah yeah that's a good point actually yeah for like press conference photos when a player signs that yeah you'd see that or you'd see some random a manager number, turning like up the amount that they spent Akin Bailly, oh. didn't he Akin his press conference which I don't think I covered he had 5.5 on his shirt didn't he he did yeah. showing, yeah. showing off how much we'd spent on him <laughs> it would be amazing if they did that now wouldn't they like Hundred million or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It'd be the size of that suit that David Price wore that time. You know, the one that size eighty. (laughs) Just get all the numbers on. (laughs) Absolutely amazing. That image is phenomenal. Right. So um, we've not just brought you on this to be guest host uh, of Who Are You, but you have promised us you are going to do a Who Are You for us. Yeah, I'm not very good at who are you when I listen to the pod. I'm not very good at it. And um, I kind of sometimes tune out and, and I just tune back in because you're all rowing about <laughs> it being on before, the, the player being on before or whatever. So well, I've sent I've sent you the list and this is partly why you're on as guest host so that we don't row amongst ourselves. 
themselves. Although with only two of us on, I, I'd, I'd say Rick's probably going to win this. But um, I won last week. So. You won, didn't you? So. Yeah, first one for a while. Um, yeah, could be out of form. Yeah, you could be. So uh, I will play the theme music and then the floor is yours. Okay. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Who are you? You. No, not me, you. Yes, I am you. Just answer the damn questions. Who are you? Wait a minute. Who are you? Michael, the floor is yours. Okay, so he's born. I don't need to explain the rules to you. You've, no, no, I've, I've, I've gendered a Long-time listener, first-time yeah. caller, yeah. Uh, he was born on the 15th of June, 1981. And if you want to know how old that makes him, 15 and a half thousand days old. <laughs> <laughs> You've confused I've got me. it. <laughs> 42, isn't he? 42. Uh, I, I don't know, I forgot. I didn't write that down after I did that bit. Yeah, 42. Uh, you've, you've confused me slightly because what you said earlier was how far can I go back? Well, yeah, I, but then I, I couldn't I couldn't go to that particular Right, date, okay. I? Right, I'll have a you. wild punt. Matt Heath. No, it's not. I've not. No, he was under heavy oh. consideration when when I was <laughs> looking to do it. Uh, I'm not going to guess this round. No problem. He was released in May 2012 with seven appearances. Bakayoko, the left back from Tranmere. No, it's not. Okay. Mm. I'm just happy to get this far. It's good. If you get past the second clue, I think you've got further than about the last seven people who've done this. For those listening, it's silent because Rick's making strange faces oh, and nodding his head. Is it around. Michael Johnson? No, but I'd considered him as well. No, it's not. 2012 would be a bit late for him, wouldn't he? Uh, yeah, but I think he was that back era. end of the Spen era, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I was going to say he was. He was the. Um, he he made 84 Premier League appearances, not with Leicester, uh, and his name was misspelt on his back in every. Mark Schwarzer. No. 84 appearances not with Leicester in the Premier League. Yeah, more, Schwartz would be far more than that. Proud. Yeah, and he was he was with us when we won the league, weren't he? Yeah. Yeah, I've really messed Ooh. that one up, haven't I? Uh, John Pantsill. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, no. Oh, yes. no. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you got, <laughs> completely ran out of clues after that. Because <laughs> uh, he would. That was good. That was a good one. That was just, was, that was, yeah. was his name spelled wrong? Because it was paint. It was always pencil. It always had an extra I in it. I think they spent. They spelt it when he came over to Europe. I think he was registered as pencil, P-A-N-T. But right, it should have been pencil. I think. 
Yeah, because I was always it's presumed. Like Casemiro. Uh, okay, do they spell his name wrong? Yeah, that's spelled wrong. But it, for some reason, they don't. They, Casemiro <laughs> didn't correct anyone either. Well, it's a bit like if you turned up in a foreign country and someone just gets your name wrong and you can't speak the language, you'd just crack on, wouldn't you, after a while, I guess? Yeah. I would, if, anyway. If if everyone if everyone's going to do it. Now, I can't really remember Pantel at all, to be honest, but... No, he... It, did he get sent off? No, he, he sent off away at Birmingham. No, no. No, he didn't. He just... Had... I know he played at Bur- away at Birmingham. We lost 2-0. He, he, yeah. he, uh, he never played under Pearson. As soon as Pearson came in, he never played... Mm. You can just see the Wikipedia coming out. Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I thought he wasn't there that late, but because he didn't play that much under us because Peltier was ahead of him, wasn't yeah, he? Got, he? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's still playing. Play. I can't remember where he's playing now. Is he because he was in the Prem? He was at Cardiff or something? Peltier he, at Rotherham. He was, no, he's at uh, Peltier's still somewhere in this league because he turned didn't he score against Coventry the other week. He scored against Coventry, Peltier. He's at Rotherham this, this now. Season. Yeah, Rotherham, that's it. But he was at Middlesbrough, and before then he was at West Brom. Cardiff. Did he get Cardiff for a bit? He's, he's actually been co-caretaker. He's actually... No, that can't be now. Co-caretaker manager at Rotherham? It can't be now. But I don't know. This this is not, again, why we brought you on, but have you seen that interview with the Rotherham chairman on Twitter? If anyone hasn't seen it, it's unbelievable. No, he sacked the manager. He sacked the manager just before the international break. He's turned up. He's dressed like Colonel Sanders. From- oh yeah, I've seen a picture of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's uh, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah, well, you know, there's there's a lot of people interested in the job, but you know, I had to go away for a few days. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, said he'd been on holiday. <laughs> Oh, so he's not done anything in the meantime. Said so I didn't have time, so I've just waited for everyone to sort of... <laughs> Unbelievable! Like it's it's the most. I mean, he looks like he's had a drink or two, but was it Jordan who said it reminded him of something out of Phoenix Nights? It did. Yeah, it, it, was, like it, was something out, it, it was like something out of Phoenix Nights. <laughs> hey, but... let's not slag Rotherham off too much. They're doing us. They're, they're doing us a favour. Yeah, they, they are. Aren't friends they? of the they club, are, aren't they? My my oh. favourite team recently. So um, yeah. so yeah. Now, obviously, Michael, you don't get to that many games now because you'll be covering the Premier season, League no. and stuff. Have you seen as much this season? I'm sure no, you I'm, saw as I went a to the Leeds. Shot. Yeah, I shot the Leeds game, and I knew I said to anyone that had listened when I turned up, like, we'll lose now because it was your fault, was it? The only time I've been, yeah, yeah. Um, but apart from that, I've just watched a couple of games on TV. But it's, I think, when you first text me about coming on, I'm, I was like, look, I, you know. I can watch Leicester and what, but I'm not a massive tactician. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I think with my job, because you sat pitch side and you kind of tuned into the narrative of the match to a certain extent, which is normally your goals or your red cards or managers that are going to get sacked or stuff. I've just not had really a lifetime. I think because of the way my dad brought me into supporting Leicester anyway, it's just I'm not an expert in how we play. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But. When I went to that Leeds game, it did strike me about the new style of play and how it's. I just looked at it and thought, "Yeah, I can see why. I can see why people are frustrated." Do you know what I mean? But mm. don't care. We're, like I personally, we're winning. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that's all that bothers me. I don't. I, it's um, it's interesting when you know fans that you know you see it from the top four 
fans on on Twitter or from anyone really, like all these football clubs that have got a way, like there's a Derby way and there's a there's a, that... a Man United way. Yeah, there's a there's a Derby way. It's, if you go into their press yeah. room, there's something written on the press room about. <laughs> really? I so knew what the Derby way was. Yeah, I know. would love to know what it is. We yeah, other yeah. Ways, ways are there. There's other ways, aren't there? Who else has got a way? There's several clubs that have got Spurs, way. Spurs, Tottenham, way. Got Spurs one, way. Yeah. the Arsenal the way, Ham. which is obviously very yeah. classy. Um, all these different ways exist. Um, I could, I, I couldn't care less about away. I just want to beat. I just want to send the away fans home miserable. You know, that's where, that's what I go for. When I yeah, go to watch a yeah, game. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Uh, and it's interesting what you say about like how you watch football because pre- presumably you're sort of looking like, like you said, like looking for players about to lose their head or a manager like doing something silly. Are you almost not really watching? the game in that sense or do you still get do you still feel like you get a good view of the game in what you do you get a, you get a good view because you sometimes you you're right you know you're literally right there you know yeah, yeah. Right, it's on top of you and um you kind of feel a little bit involved because you've got to be ready for whatever happens and it's a lot about kind of predicting what's going to happen and you know they might have a midfielder on the ball and, you, and he looks up and you think okay he's going to ping it over here so you get ready and you want to arrive where the ball is so you 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 you're concentrating on different things whereas and I always think oh, I don't know anything about football you know I was never a, a footballer I never got into playing football um but um so I never recognize I never come away going oh Sanso did a did a good job but he was ticking over in de- defensive midfield or he was or so-and-so was setting the pace I just don't see that kind of stuff I see it when when I do go and watch Leicester and I sit up in the stand you see it a lot more mm. um I remember going to see Everton a couple of seasons ago Leicester Everton and just being really amazed by Yuri Tillemans and and how bad he was because <laughs> you just um you just don't see it <laughs> you just don't see it I, said, I, said, I really thought you were going to praise him, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Left. Okay. All of a sudden, I could see what everyone was go- getting on at. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, so, I, I um, yeah, it's a different way of watching it. And um, in a way, it's more involved. Um, but, but yeah, it does mean that I kind of, I'm not as technically into the, the whole football and the inverted in the inverted fullbacks we've got yeah and, and yeah it blows my mind a bit yeah, I, <laughs> I mean I, I watched the game oh sorry Jack I was gonna say I, no, I, no. against Stoke I was quite near I was only six rows from the front and you, it's hard to really see the pit like everything that's happening so if you're right down there on you know it's hard and, isn't it you don't see the runners you don't see the you know as you say who's ticking over and who's picking up um, which are very difficult to read it. I can see why some managers have gone to sitting in the you know the stands. Pearson did it, didn't he, for a while with us yeah, in his second I was spell. That the other day, because Ten Hag's done it because he's been sent off a few times, hasn't he? And then yeah, someone else has done it. But managers don't do that anymore, do they? I didn't. It? It's a trend. Remember yeah. Sam Allardyce at Newcastle sat there with all those monitors in front of him. Yeah, I, um, I don't. I don't know where that's gone. Yeah, it's just yeah, it just vanished, didn't it? Pearson was a bit of a, a bit of a comeback, and and then and then that was it. But yeah, it's a completely different game, completely different game when you sat up there, and um, but you do, I suppose, you do get stuff from from sitting pitch side. I always feel like you feel you know much more involved if you're going with kids. Mm. You might, 
you might want to sit lower down and as you get older you drift up to the top but it's it's all about atmosphere i think when you if you're shooting a game you 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 pick up on the on the on the way the crowd are with certain players and you kind of work out from there who they're getting and and, and who's frustrating them and and who's and who's doing well yeah um, i i was listening to something the other day and they were talking about how like an english crowd you can you can tell what's going on in the game without looking at the pitch just by listening to the crowd. Yeah, I think that's you can you can feed off that. I guess. Yeah, I would say I'm probably you know I you can tell the different noises. You could tell like a a potential red card tackle is a very different noise to a um, contested throwing. Obviously, do you know what I mean? Like, and uh, the, every, the every different scenario has its own noise and so and as a photographer it really helps when a crowd are into it because i know you're talking about the leicester atmosphere uh when i logged on and um and it really helps when the crowd when the crowd are into it because otherwise where was i the other day i don't want to slag any i did we don't get many opposition fans that listen to that no yeah yeah, probably be all right um i did first v second um, and it was a 12.30 kickoff on Saturday, uh, Man City Arsenal. <laughs> and I wouldn't wish that. <laughs> I wouldn't wish. It was just, it, yeah, part of it was a kickoff, but it was it was really quiet. It was unbelievably quiet. And there's actually, to be fair, Guardiola said in his after-match press conferences uh, where he got asked about it, because four times during the second half, we all got pictures of it. It was like that. Like that, to, uh, do you know what I mean? Like giving it the sorry yeah. for anyone that's listening. He was cupping his ear and raising his hands to the crowd and saying, "Look, you've got to make more noise." And he was pointing at the Liverpool fans and saying, "Listen to them, make more noise." Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, like, it's, I would, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't swap that. Um, I, I don't care how many European cups you win. You don't want that on a Saturday afternoon, do you? No. Do you think? Because we were talking about this before. Is do you think it? And you go to more grounds than than we do is atmosphere in England not anywhere as good as it used to be or is that just something I've imagined yeah um, I'm a bit of an atmosphere connoisseur uh, because I the same for you like when you were growing up at school and obviously supporting Leicester and everyone else was running around as Man U fans and and Liverpool fans like one one of the only insults you could throw at them was like yeah but your atmosphere is crap You've got a bad yeah. like no one cares there. Do you know what I mean? And it's I always find it interesting listening to atmospheres. And you can't beat uh an English atmosphere. Like you just can't. Like you 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 might go away to Turkey or you can go away to all these exotic places and go and, and do a do a big old big old game. But there's something sharp about uh, an English atmosphere. There's something um reactive about an English atmosphere. So you, you kind of might have a bit of a wall of noise. You might go and do I don't know, Dortmund or, or Galatasaray and they're just there and they're giving it the old, all the jumping up and singing the songs for the whole 90 minutes. And you're like, oh, fair play, they're singing for the whole 90 minutes. But it, and, it's, and it's great and it's amazing and everything. But the, you lose something because the players need fans to get behind them in a more... in, the, in that reactive way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Like, yeah. look at, um, and Leicester, you know, like in the glory years, or what you know, in in those games, you know, 
Leicester Man United sticks out for me when Vardy um, got his record. But it, every single kick, every single kick had its had its reaction and a positive mm. reaction as well. And I don't, you don't get that. I, I've, I've not, I, I've not heard that in other countries mm. to that extent. I can't think of any. It's, it's more kind of looked like just a generic noise, if you see what I mean. Yeah. It's almost like you need the quiet periods to then be reactive to the to what's happening in the game to then get the intensity. It's just a shame we don't get a bit more intensity at Leicester because it's been very flat now for quite a while and we're doing well again. Um, yeah, I guess that's <laughs> what you're talking about. When I, when I yeah, it's just difficult because maybe we've got a I don't know distorted view of it. Well, but it does it feel like. I'll tell you what it is. Right, every we fucked it by winning the league. Well, yeah, totally. It's entitlement and it's expectation yeah. kills an atmosphere. Yeah. They're the two mm. things that kill an atmosphere. Look mm. at our atmosphere, nosedived after uh, after the title win. But in the Champions League, it was great because all of a sudden we were like, True. okay, what can we achieve again? Like, mm. can, you know, we can overachieve it. Uh, and uh, I think that's what that's what will kill an atmosphere. And, and, you know, like Newcastle's atmosphere is great at the moment. Brilliant. Um, it started to be brilliant. Um, and um, the second that they start winning trophies and stuff, it, I don't care what anyone says, it'll die in its ass. Yeah. Hasn't their owner already dug them out after Saturday as well? We came out and said, you know, the, the fans need to match the intensity of the players or something. Oh, it, was a, it was a brave move. <laughs> um, they did, um, cheering tackles, didn't they, the other week? After the yeah. game, they, were, they, they'd, uh, they had a clip of for someone pressing and knocking it out for a goal kick and and they were like, yeah, no, no one else understands why we cheer this. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right though because, it, you know, like Forrest, you know, famously magic on and off the pitch apparently, but they've got, and their atmosphere, I, I have to say, is, is not bad. That's as far as I'll say it, but they've got nothing to, you know, they they feel like they're building towards something by sort of, scraping around the lower middle of the uh, of the Premier League but that's that's what they feel like they're building towards whereas even that, that is probably the one thing in the championship for us everyone almost expects us to be where we are now and I don't know maybe I, I'd never expected to it be well, it's not been a cakewalk by but with the amount of points on the board we've got like it, it looks like it has hasn't it so I think it will I think it I think it will be personally I just think It'll be fine, and yeah, the atmosphere is going to be going to be a bit terrible. And then we'll get into the Premier League, and we'll have a few good atmospheres again because everyone will be like, for the first few games, you know, Tottenham will roll in or whatever, and, and everyone will get up for it. But it's the same at every club. Like every club, depending on what arc of of their story they're on, will have either a terrible atmosphere or an amazing atmosphere. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm. So it's when you hear like, oh, this club has always got an amazing accent. No, it hasn't. Like, it, you know, it's all cyclical, isn't it? Really, it's like it comes yeah. and goes, isn't it? Yeah. Are they overachieving? If they're overachieving, they'll have an incredible atmosphere. If they're underachieving, it'll go dead in its ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goodison um, Park. Goodison Park. When they're good at booing at Goodison, though, aren't they? It's oh, a great. It's a great. <laughs> Goodison. A little bit underwhelming on. I went on Sunday, and it was a little bit underwhelming after the boo. I think. Um, what's his chops? Overhead kick, quite oh, Gennaro, yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, they. I mean, with that new stadium, when they start booing in that new stadium, you'll see the ripple go across the river. <laughs> 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 oh, 
over to Birkenhead, you'll see it. There'll be like a tsunami of boo. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Um, I'm not sure whether you, you're going to be able to answer this question, but um, I'm desperate to ask you this. Have you? Are there any kind of stories about Leicester players that in your dealings with them have either been, I don't know, good, funny, indifferent, that you can share with us? There's, um, there's, yeah, there's bits and that I can share. No, you can't share the best ones, obviously. Um, and uh, I thought you might say that. I tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I was I was England photographer for a few years until they got good, and then I wasn't England photographer anymore. But um, Vardy was in the squad then, and um, so I got to know him a little bit, and. Um, he was always a player where you, you know, like how you how you um, some players have this on pitch persona of like, oh, he's this nasty little sod on the pitch, and he's he's gobby and he's all full of himself and stuff. Whereas when you actually got to know him, that's exactly how he was in real life as well. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> Yeah, he is exactly what it says on the tin on the on the on the pitch. Like, nice, nice with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's all right. Like, he's not. But his person, he never disappointed. Um, when he when he came away with England, like he was always the Jamie Vardy that you expect him to be. Um, he um, he uh, feels like to me with Jamie Vardy that he he's never quite got over the novelty of the fact that he's a world famous footballer. Do you know what I mean? Like he's never, and he plays with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, so he, when he goes and shushes the fans, he does it because it's just funny. It's like all the stuff that he yeah, probably, yeah. Wished, you know, when you, you think like, oh, well, if I scored in front of Forrest, I'd go and do that. Oh. Why don't footballers go and do that? And he just had the point <laughs> where he's not grown out of it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> and, um, you know what I mean? Like I'd be away with England and I'd be sat there keeping myself to myself because it was, you know, you still got, big players in the England team and they were still wary of photographers at that point. And he'd just come in and he'd like grab a memory, grab my memory card. Like I've been shooting training. I've got a memory card with all my pictures on it. And he'd just come in and go, you know what I mean? grab it. And then, and then shoot straight off and go and sit with like Rooney and Milner, with Rooney and Milner, like the two most intimidating kind of glary players in the squad. And just, and just sit there with his arm crossed, looking smug, thinking, come on then, come and get, come and get your memory card back. Do you know what I mean? Like because he knows that they're too massive. So then you could just got to walk over and you go, "Hey, give me that memory card back." And you go, "Ah, oh, what memory card?" And you, and you know what I mean? Like immature little jokes because he just found it hilarious that he was a big famous footballer. I, I think it's, it's, it's like football's yeah. never got to him, really. Totally, yeah, absolutely. Like the 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 novelty just never just 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 never wore off. Like when when we were away after the title win in 2016 in um in France and he was linked with Arsenal and he knew I was a Leicester fan obviously and so just at every breakfast he'd come down and go oh yeah just been looking at houses in North London do you know what I mean like just trying to wind me up <laughs> just trying to wind me up but you have to give him a bit back and go well to be honest mate out you go because 20 million is an absolute steal <laughs> you've got to give him you, you, you have to give him a little bit a little bit back but he yeah. Yeah, I like him for that. But there's, you know, there, um, you do get interesting little insights every now and again. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, I've never gotten over the, 
yeah, I've never gotten over the fact that, you know, I used to just go down Leicester as a kid, you know, some dodgy pub with my dad. We'd never see the warm-up. We'd always walk in 10 minutes after the game had started. And you go from that to, I don't know, like, sat there seeing the inside workings of the industry. Do you know what I mean? Like, and just seeing how, how everyone is. That novelty's never worn off for me either. It's funny, yeah. like, Harry, sit here name dropping, but I was talking to Harry this, Kane. This is what we want you to do, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. But he's, um, I was talking to Harry Kane at England training once, and um, I said, like, uh, Did you tell him he was crap at Leicester? Is that what you told him? <laughs> I have. I mean, I did speak to him about uh, his time at Leicester. He doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't particularly like Leicester fans, I don't think, as, as you can tell. <laughs> Oh, uh, he schools against us, didn't he? No, well, I know, yeah, I know, yeah. Um, he um, he got a bit of abuse, I think, when he during his time, and he's never forgiven Leicester fans for that. I don't think he'll mind me saying. Anyway, he was saying that he was on the pitch for that Watford game in the playoffs, and um, and you forget that. And actually, it was like I saw an article once that said, um, "Oh, can you believe that um, Vardy and Harry Kane were on the on the on the bench for that Leicester against." Watford playoff semi-final and I thought actually you know what I think I've got a picture of that so I went back and 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 dug the picture out and um it's out it's not sharp on them but it's sharp on Pearson you must you might have seen it yeah, yeah, yeah. three years after the game that I, I went back and found it was relevant anyway we we're talking about that and he said oh yeah you know I won't do an impression he says um <laughs> yeah I was um he goes I was on the pitch at the end he goes and he I should said, have taken the pen shouldn't he that's what he said. He said, I, oh, said sorry. Yeah. I said to Knockhart, his exact words were, I said to Knockhart, give me the penalty, I'll take it. And he goes, and Knockhart wouldn't let me have it. You know how he is. And I thought, I don't know how he is really. But now what a sliding doors moment that is in Leicester wow. City's history. Imagine if he'd have scored that penalty. If he'd have scored that penalty, Leicester, uh, Tottenham would have won the league. No, they wouldn't. They finished third. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 um, just, just imagine yeah. that. And I'm there going... Ooh, straight away, that's hit me, like, because he probably would have scored it. And um, and he's just there going, oh, you know, probably just annoyed that he didn't get the he chance. He was that bad for us on loan, though, that I'm, I'm not sure he would have scored it. Nugent was also on the pitch at the same time, was our penalty taker and didn't take it either. I, that, I've never got over why Knockhart decided he had to take that. Although that mm. might have been one of the best things that's happened in our in, history in our because answer. of what happened after it. But I was there that day and... Um, all the Watford fans running on and squaring up to the Leicester fans on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? All kind of stood behind the stood behind the um, the police, kind of giving Leicester lows, and it, it was very frustrating just to sit there and just yeah, surrounded yeah, yeah. by it all. It was it was uh, yeah, it was a nightmare. Um, speaking of being on the pitch, we I, I asked a question on the twit on our Twitter on my own Twitter, and then put it on our. Twitter after it um, about people being hit with pies or something like that at a football game. Yeah, have that. you ever been one of the photographers that get? Uh, have you ever been hit by a football when you're not looking because you're so focused on the um, on the game? Yeah, not badly. Like I know photographers that have been knocked out and sent. Really? To yeah, during the warm up, someone at West Ham was, was sparkled ones. Oh wow! Um, so it can it can you can yeah you can get you can you can get hurt by the balls, but like I've been hit by coins away at Greece and yeah, yeah. on and um covered in beer and um yeah you get hit you get hit by quite a lot but nothing ever that's properly gonna 
probably going to hurt you. I say that actually. I was at I was at uh, Hampden Park once, and Kane equalised in the last minute, and this half full bottle of like little hip bottle of whiskey fucking flew past as he was celebrating, and that would have that would have knocked yeah, anyone out. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and I was. It reminded me when you said that about the pie because there was a. I'm sure it was Oldham against Cardiff, years and years and years ago. And the Oldham player, no, the Cardiff player scored. I can't remember his name. And I was there. It was, you know, like a lower league match. And I've shot him because he's kind of giving it the big and Vardy-esque to the Oldham fans. And someone's yacked a pie at him. And it's hit him. Square in the face. Square in the face. So he's celebrating. He's giving it the big one like that. Oh, that is amazing. And it's hit him in the face. And I've got a shot. And it's so long ago. I'm struggling to find them on the on the archive. It's for my old firm. But... There's a picture of the pie just about to hit him and then exploding on his face. <laughs> and that's the risk. That's the risk that Hardy's taking, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, he's gonna get someone's going to be ready with a, with a steak and kidney. That is amazing. Because I kind of feel like throwing a... I, look, I, just, just before anyone arrests me, I've never thrown a pie at a football game before I get you know tarnished with this. But I feel like being hit with a pie at a football game is slightly different to sort of coins, lighter... I've had people tweeting me with like phone brick phone charges and things like that. It wasn't sort of the content I was after, um, but thank you for for responding. But I, I kind of feel like a pie or a egg or something is it's kind of fair game. People get angry, don't they? Sometimes they throw phones on. They just get so annoyed that that. that, that I've remember when Jamie phones. Jamie Carragher threw a coin back? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. yeah. 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 yeah didn't um, someone threw a coin back the other weekend? I think someone said, um, or I think it was on the Daily Mail, like, oh, anger is, I can't remember who it was. But it, 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 it um, yeah, that's that's a rarity. He should have picked the pie up and threw it back. Or I'm eaten it. Because the, the England players pie, started yeah. doing that, didn't they? Started drinking pints after they were thrown on the pitch in certain games. Yes, I was there for that, actually. Yeah, Grealish did it. Stick. Yeah. yeah, of course, yeah. Greek. Rice did it as well, didn't they? Yeah, Rice did it on one side, and then and then and then Grealish did it on the other, which was quite useful because Rice did it on the other side of the goal to where I was. So I was thinking, oh, okay, be the picture in it tomorrow. That's going to be the picture, and then Grealish did it on my side. Thankfully, yeah. they didn't use the Grealish one; they used the Rice one. But <laughs> but um, yeah, you, you you see it a lot. Pig's head. Someone threw a pig's head on, didn't they, at Barcelona once? Was that at Figo? Um, Figo, yeah. Did, was that the game? Was that the game? There was another one when someone smuggled in a little moped and lobbed that. They lobbed yeah, it off the tier onto the other one. Just yeah. dropped it off the tier onto the... That was it. Inter or something, yeah. Nuts. Just <laughs> bring a little motorised cart in with you. <laughs> um, I was going to read some of these ones out because someone, after apparently after the... Um, Middlesbrough game was leaving the ground. Someone came past in a car and squirted them with a water pistol, which I think is quite funny. Um, so was think, it water, though? Well, I don't know. Steve Potter messaged in saying someone threw half a bottle of iron brew at him. And I said, are you sure it was iron brew and it wasn't just a hot day? Um, <laughs> because I, I, I'm not sure people throw half bottles of iron brew, but... You know, who knows? I've I've been covered by liquid thrown from the crowd a lot, a lot of times. And trust me, it's always water. It's always water. Just think to yourself, yeah. it's water. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think about it being anything else. Um, someone's had an apple thrown at them. Semperedon's had an apple thrown at them. 
uh, Millwall, which is quite good for a Millwall wow. fan, actually. They're normally um, uh, <laughs> normally worse than that. Um, our friend, uh, original dad bod, sent one in saying, I knew someone who wondered why the back of his head was drenched during a game, despite it being a dry day. Turns out the bloke behind him couldn't shout without spraying gallons of saliva all over his head. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, um, horrible. And then there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of coins and and stuff like that and I'm I'm like, you know, like going to Roma and going to Napoli and things like that. I I'm not I I, I don't want to I don't want to glorify that. Um there's another one who used to throw sweets at someone and uh he threw a hard toffee piece it bounced off the bloke's head and uh and he ate it. He caught it and ate it, which I think's fair enough, isn't it? I think you've got no option in that situation, have you? If you've caught it, you've got to back yourself and eat it. Yeah, I think you, I think you have. Um, so yeah, right. Um, I'm trying to think what else we've we've got to cover today, Rick. What else? What else? Did we Everton's say we... Everton's points deduction. Yeah, because you were obviously there on Sunday, Michael, at, with, yeah. for the for the protests, yeah. which which I don't I don't want to. On one hand, I feel a bit sorry for them. On the other hand, they've taken this in a entirely weird way. Um, that's that's not normal, and everyone's against them. Um, even though they were protesting about their owner about three months ago, and now they're all one big happy family. It all seems a bit weird to me. But I guess we were going to mention it more, and someone asked me to mention this in the pod in the context of our points deduction. Sorry, in. in in the context of their points deduction and our legal case, or I don't even know if we actually are doing a legal case against them or whatever, or the fact that there is talk of us suing them for a hundred million, yeah. which when I first heard about it, I was just like, we got relegated because we weren't very good last season, not because of financial fair play. But I, the more I've read about it, the more I think probably I'm in the minority on that. Cause everyone seems to, seems to, you know, want blood from, from Everton, which I, I I just don't get. Well, with that with that argument, like yeah, we were bad to be down there, but um, that doesn't rule out the fact that we wouldn't have got relegated if someone else wasn't cheating. I'm, I'll pick my words carefully because Everton are a valued client. <laughs> as well, they've been found guilty, haven't they? So <laughs> they, yeah, they have been found, found guilty of not being in the rules. There was an interesting moment on. On Sunday, where the man I was sat just near the Man United fans, and um, after about seven minutes, they just turned around and started singing, "You know what you are, you cheating fuckers, you know what you are," or whatever it was. And the Everton fans seemed genuinely surprised, genuinely surprised and furious that that would be levelled at them from other football fans. I think I think the expectation was that Man United fans would all stand there and hold up the corrupt signs and kind of join in in solidarity. And they were, they were really shocked when Man United just started taking the piss. Mm. It's funny how it's, it's, it's funny how the perception can be different to the, to the reality, but I mean, it's one of them and I'm not going to get that wound up about it because we're having a great season. Yeah. I mean, that's partly my take as well. Just like, just get on with it, get ourselves back and, and worry about it later. But I, I guess the point is, if you're an accountant and you're looking at the spreadsheet and going, there's a giant hole here. And also, if they think they can win, 
than you probably would, I guess, because oh, it's yeah. the, it's a hundred million that you're never going to get anywhere else. And if you don't, Sheffield United are or whoever it else was Leeds. Is it Leeds Burnley? Yeah, you've yeah. got to um, you, you've got to you've got to let it play out in the court. They're, in, they're entitled to explore the the possibility. They're, they're entitled to have a go at it, aren't they? They're entitled to claim it and and take them to court over it. I don't see why you wouldn't. I mean, it'd be a lot of money to to not bring in. Yeah, what's your take on it, Rick? Yeah, I was very much like you. So I'm I'm very keen that Leicester don't lose sight of what on earth happened in the last 18 months from 21-22 through to us getting relegated. It was the biggest single decline in Premier League history, I, I think. Um, and that wasn't because Everton cheated. That was because we lost sight of what had made us so successful. We'd pushed the envelope ourselves and spent and maxed out wages, etc., and probably were struggling to move players on and asking more money than those players were worth who we wanted to move on. But I don't want us to be blaming others. I'd rather us get our house in order before we consider that. We are getting our house in order. I do feel like we, we've we learned from our mistakes. Getting Maresca in early, selling Madison and Barnes relatively early so we're not uncertain in the transfer window to, to get players in. Um, and, you know, they, they've made some other decisions that just feel like the club are more in tune with the fans. And I know winning helps, but I feel like we are learning from it. And I, I wasn't convinced we would do that. So that's what my focus is on. That said, you know, if, you know, I mean, we were a Madison penalty kick away from going 3-1 up against Everton and we would have stayed up and they would have gone down anyway, regardless of um, them getting a points deduction in that season had it landed then as well. So it's fine margins. And yes, you know, we probably are the closest team to warranting financial compensation for that. But I don't know. I'd much rather, and this is, you know, probably an unrealistic ask. I'd much rather the Premier League were the ones that could put in a consistent level of punishment for all, you know, Man City, Chelsea, anyone who's getting these charges levelled at them so that it isn't fans and clubs etc having to go litigating others for, for lost earnings but yeah I, I, if we do go for it I think it's because you know well we, it's probably there for the taking almost <laughs> and it's the same people going to rule on it as the ones that have given mm-hmm. the 10 point deduction so you know I don't know. I'm I'm not that arsed either way. I'd much rather us just get our house in order and come back up. And Everton are crap. Um, they've been crap for years. I'm glad we aren't just scraping survival every season by the last game. You know, they are dog mess. They've been a bit better this season, but no, no, let them continue to be crap and think that the world's against them. I, I do remember saying last season to an Everton fan, I actually think the worst thing for either of us is that we stay up. And I sort mm. of still stand by that now. Like financially, maybe not, but we're having a lot more fun than them now. I, th- I think there's a fear with the established, with a club like Everton who haven't been relegated, well, yeah, who haven't been relegated for so long. There's a fear about it that we probably probably don't have mm. as much of. Do you, do yeah. you see what I mean? Like For them, being... 
being relegated it would would just be such a, lo- a, a loss of status whereas we kind of embrace it like it's, it's like you want that roller coaster don't you like if we if we come up as champions then i'm glad we got relegated do you know what i mean like yeah we, you need momentum yeah, yeah. clubs need momentum yeah, yeah. you need that dip and up and down to to yeah, yeah yeah and and there's some real stagnated clubs out there and you feel it when you're there um so it would do everton the world of good to come down to be honest but i don't think anyone there would would say it. I think. I think you'd find Leicester fans last season going, "Well, you know, dropping down will do us good if we come back up." You won't find Everton fans saying that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly that. Um, the only other questions we got asked, Rick, and I, I think yeah. you're you're already getting excited about January in your usual sort of yes way because we've been linked with a lad from Argentina that we're not actually signing, but would sign for Man City and then go on loan to us, if indeed... Valentin Barkag. Yeah, well, yeah. it's a shame George's not on, because he's a Boca Juniors fan, isn't he? So. Well, there may, be, there may be a reason he's not on this evening. Maybe he's got a little bit excited with himself. We might <laughs> maybe, be signing maybe. I don't know, but... Well, you know, it's, you know, it's been touch and go with me in the past with certain players. But, um, yeah, um, I don't know what we need. We don't need too much, but it would be a remiss of us not to see what's out there. Another left-footed player is needed, probably in defence. This Barco is a left-back stroke midfielder. Could he, he invert? Do you reckon he, he can invert? invert? He can, can he invert. He's, invert. He's, very, he's, he's very Zinchensko. Is it, I've said his name right? No, no he's probably said it wrong. completely wrong there. But said it wrong. Fuck you now. I've only had a couple of beers as well. But, um, Vincenco yeah, of Arsenal, I believe the player you're referring Vincenco, to. Vincenco, yeah. yeah. He's a cross to Vincenco and Danny Tiato. You've, you've, you've said it wrong again, mate. Is yeah, bollocks. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Um, Vincenco um, and Danny Tiato. <laughs> Shevchenko and Danny Tiato. Um, but I also like, we've been linked with Albert Grombeck at. Boda, uh, glimped and he is very good. He is. He's an eight. Can play left or right as well. Both footed. Goal scorer. He'd be the one I'd be looking at. Especially as we've had, well, we didn't with Christiansen, but Hermansen's come from, um, you know, from Scandinavia for a reasonable fee and looked unbelievable, hadn't he, at this level. So, um, but yeah, we need a left footed defender as well. Maybe another striker. Just, just another one. Just because you know we need. Well, Dak is going, isn't he? I'd like less going. goalkeepers and more strikers. Is what I would like because currently we have more goalkeepers than strikers, so it just feels imbalanced to me. And a winger that could score, and you know, you know my thoughts on wingers, but well, we've got. I, I, I think we've got some some nice wingers. And um, Michael, do you get excited about the transfer window, or is it? Just a load of nonsense. I got really excited about Tete when I listened to the <laughs> my, pro- my fault, sorry, Michael. <laughs> um, yeah, I do get excited about it because, like, you know, I'm not like Rick. Like, I don't see players coming on the horizon or anything like that. But, um, yeah, you did, of course, you, you get excited because it's it's like it's like opening a opening a uh, a, a pack of stickers. You don't know if you're going to get good ones or bad ones. Do you know what I mean? When you've not, don't yeah. when you don't really. Well, I'm, you know, I'm not into European football and, and watching all that. I'm, so, yeah, I don't mind it. It's like just, it's like pulling a, pressing a magic button and getting a few players in and you just don't know how they're going to be. Mm, indeed. Do you get any more, uh, 
you don't work for a club, so I'm presuming you won't get sort of the inside track on transfers or anything like that. But no, you don't. You don't. And I think that's that's because the inside track's out there so much these days. Anyway, you know what I mean, like yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. signposted, isn't it? Everything is. There's not many many transfers that that spring up and and and, and get you that quickly. So yeah, it's a bit it's a bit crap. I mean, you find out bits and bobs about things that you know you get a bit of gossip about x y and z but yeah no it's just um it's not really like that sometimes you'll like we do work a bit for clubs so sometimes who was it like i had to go and shoot gareth bale for tottenham and it was like oh you know we're going to do these gareth bales don't tell anyone and you you drive in and there's 10 film crews there waiting for gareth bale do you know what i mean everyone knows <laughs> yeah yeah. Knows. yeah yeah Right, I think we're probably into the any other business section, but Jordan's not here, so I won't pay, play Phil Neville. Um, and I also don't know whether we've got any other business this week, Rick, have we? I've got one thing, and I think Michael will have, be a valid contributor to this. I text you on uh, Friday. Beaconsfield Services is the elite services in this country. What's your favourite services? Come on, you can't go up and down the country, pal. I don't know Beaconsfield. Where's Beaconsfield? On the outskirts of M40. To, yeah, it's not really my patch. I mean, people go on about Gloucester, don't they? But I just find that, good. I don't rate yeah. Gloucester. I think Gloucester's just a farm shop, isn't it? It's not. Yeah. It's, just, it's just like an MS. The queues are a nightmare. It's it's not it's it's not my scene. I'm a big. Um, I mean, I use Nutsford all the time, which is yeah. gets the job done. I mean, I don't like having to go up on the bridge. You know, it annoys me that you've got to go on the bridge and M&S on the bridge and stuff. So if I was going to say my favourite service station, and I do think about this a lot, and we do as sport photographers talk about this a lot. I need to think it's getting awkward. Um, I'm going to say... The A43 ones in Northampton. And that's because they're very easy to get into. And there's a McDonald's that's open until... I was going to say, that's, that's all, all there is to it, a McDonald's, really, isn't there? There's a Leon there as well? Yeah, there's a Leon. Oh, yeah. so if, you, if, yeah. if you're there in the day, you can get something a bit a bit better. But trust me, since COVID, mate, service stations have gone down the pan because they've, they have they close... You don't get... 24-hour service now is... Um, is is disrupted a lot of the time they don't let you into the petrol station so you can go and buy a bag of crisps so i like the a43 for that and i also like a, an obscure little service station near you toxeter um but for the same reason that it's got mcdonald's that's open late <laughs> i mean there's there's yeah i've god i wish you'd told me that because i was doing a little bit a little bit more thinking on it sorry mate have a thing you can always have check i'll tell you what's overrated on. service station the ones near oxford that everyone goes on about being brilliant but it takes you so long to get into them. Yeah, that is rubbish. And it's, it's so far off the motorway. I agree. Oh, such a pain. I hate that. And you know the clue is when they say, oh, service is one and a half miles. And you go, yeah, I know what that fucking half mile is. Yeah. <laughs> Driving around roundabouts, slip roads on the way in. I think rugby services is underrated, actually. I like rugby service. Do you? Yeah. Mm. Watford Gap's got a lot of history to it. You know that a lot of musicians used to meet at Watford Gap after after gigs on the way back from the north. Oh, really? You have like Eric well, obviously, Jimi Hendrix there. And Toddington's got its 
synonymous with Wembley, isn't it? Every year we'd go to Wembley, you'd be Toddington. I like Carlisle. It's an absolute fucking trek, isn't it? But I've got fond fond memories of being in there. It's a long way to go just for the services. I know, mate, but, you know, I I was a a loose end for a few days, so I popped up there and back. But, um, yeah, I remember being in there. You remember Lloyd who came on and did Who Are You the other week? Me and him had been the Open at St Andrews and were driving back. And ended up there, and never forget, it was like early hours, so there was barely anyone in there. And they took McDonald's, Michael, like this. The geezer who was working there, he kept shouting, Is there anybody waiting? There was just me and him. And he kept, <laughs> oh, bloody hell. And he kept doing it. So they obviously must have put him on the graveyard shift because he were a menace. Um, but yeah, oh, oh, good services. Weatherby um, services is great. Weatherby services. But. Again, it's just a little bit of a pain to get into. You go by the petrol stations, loads of speed bumps. <laughs> yeah, I got yeah, caught I got... short at Erreford. Had to have a poo in the bush um, at Erreford, and then scuttle over into the services. Yeah, nightmare. That's really short. You got caught really short. Yeah, I did. Bushes oh, in the yes. service station. Yeah, just. It was more like a trump in the bush. I was just worried that I might not make it. And then, uh, yeah, that's a scuttling horrible. Very unpleasant. That's the name of this podcast, because uh, I was looking for a title. It's called A Trump in a Bush. Um, <laughs> but, okay, well, you know, we do have a very active, active listener base. So if you've, if you've got a story about a service station and want to get it read out, I will, I will get it read. Um, at some point uh when we've got space for it so yeah good a- good aob that Rick. thank you i'm still thinking yeah. i'm still thinking about it there's so many good services that are difficult to get into the one on the m6 tolls a nightmare as well getting we, into well it. i think we've really yeah i didn't you're you're the perfect person to talk about service stations really because i imagine you spend a lot of time on the road yeah i do yeah i spend a lot of time eating as well yeah <laughs> yeah there we go right um Hold on. Uh, so J- Jordan's not made Sheffield it Wednesday because he's uh, he he couldn't get a lift back from the football, so I assume he had to walk. But um, and they've lost their third game in three years. So uh, so yeah, that's that's not why not not. yeah we've not really talked about Sheffield Wednesday, but. Um, if you want to hear mine and Rick's thoughts on the Sheffield Wednesday game, you can always listen to the Wednesday Till I Die podcast where we've where we've given our thoughts in their preview <laughs> episode, which I think is only accessible via Patreon. So actually no one's going to listen well, to that. So that's a crap no. idea. Um, <laughs> but if you're that what, asked... What do you want to talk about on Wednesday? I am, I am conscious that um, it's... it's yeah, it's a long time. I, I mean, on paper, we should... You know, I've been critical that we haven't scored enough goals. Collectively, we have. I mean, games we've not scored, you know, more than two in that that often. It'd be nice to put three or four past them. But again, at this point, you just want the win, don't you? Worry about that. Um, They are diabolical. But then, you know, we've got a bad record at Hillsborough in in sort of my 30-plus years of supporting Leicester. I can only remember us winning there a couple of times, so... Um, yeah, I, I think we need to rotate, even though it's only the first game um, back. I think with nine games in, you know, just over a calendar month, we need to um, 
to make sure we, we use the squad wisely. I'm surprised Cody didn't start, if I'm honest, mm. against um, with, with both Vestergaard and Fast playing. So I'd like to see him play um, because I don't think he'll play against West Brom. And at the minute, he's a glorified cheerleader, isn't he, Cody? Bless him. Um, and I'd like to see him get some minutes. Cannon needs a run out, um, which we did mention earlier. But yeah, I, I'm quietly confident we'll get the win. But, um, you know, you never say never, do you? No, you don't. Um, I don't, yeah, it feels like a game we should win, really, is all I've got to say on it, really. Anything to you, Michael? No, I, I always think that we're one game away from a massive disaster, so. 2 0 yeah, Sheffield Wednesday. Okay, <laughs> red card and someone doing a cartilage. Yeah. Well, yeah, hopefully no injuries. Right. The yeah, the only bit of AOB I've got is everyone that's got a ticket to the quiz on Saturday, I will see you there. You will have seen the tweet today where I announced the prizes. So we've got a signed uh this season's squad framed shirt from the club that they've very kindly donated. Uh, we've got Gary Nick to sign something. Jameson is sending me some whiskey. I've got some cups. The whiskey's on its way. So thank you to them. Chutney Ivy have done a meal for two. And there's a couple of t-shirts from Footy Fit. So if you win, you're going home with a load of stuff. Uh, Rick's been practicing his celebrations all week. We've got four rounds out of five written. Um, I think Jake's back for it as well. So he is. Yeah. It's all very very exciting so uh and there are still a few tickets available if uh, if anyone wants to enter a team late um should we call it there gents yes let's do so um michael thank you very much for coming on i'd love to have you on again because i feel like we've we've only just scratched the surface of motorway service stations and, mm. and other stories but i think we need I'm to still think about the feature We'll get you back on next week to talk about the services. There must be a podcast based on services. Well, I think there's <laughs> there's a sideline now in which we're going to have to create one. So yeah, there's there's a niche there. All the good ones are a nightmare to get into. That's that's the problem. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, and it was an honour to come on. I mean, Thanks. you've had Harry Lineker, you've had Pussy Man Dan to to share a stage with those is amazing. Yeah, thanks. Our two most esteemed guests, as we always describe them, um, <laughs> friends of the show. Uh, Rick, thank you as ever, um, ever present, uh, never let me down. Uh, unlike sad, you. pathetic. That's more like it. Ain't got a life. But uh, thank you, mate. Thanks for coming on, Michael. Great yeah, to meet you, pal. Joking, Jordan. I love you really. All right. <laughs> See you soon. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.